January 28th. And uh, we're talking today about willpower and weight loss, right? One of my favorite subjects because people intuitively assume that they need a lot of willpower in order to lose weight. And I'm going to put my case across why I don't think that's necessarily true at all. Um, and I'll go a step further. I don't think weight lo- willpower is really that great for losing weight. Okay. So how can that be? Um, well, to understand that, we need to take a step back, right? So people tend to think that their willpower is directly related to how much weight they're going to be able to lose, right? And if they're not able to lose weight, it's because they don't have willpower, right? But one thing you can do is look in your own life and ask yourself to think about an area of your life where you take a lot of action you don't necessarily want to, okay? So the, the classic examples of this are if you're a parent, if you um, you know, work, stuff with your partner, right? Things that are really important to you in your life that you're committed to and do regularly, you'll probably notice that there are a lot of times you don't necessarily want to do something in relation to that, but you do it anyways, right? Now, when you do that, I think kids is probably the best example of this. If you have kids or having pets, right? So anything you're taking care of, someone like that, that you you really love and care about. um, Yeah, pets is a good one too, right? Kids, those are the probably two best. And so you're taking care of them and you may not necessarily want to get up, you may not want to let them out, you may want to feed them, whatever. Um, But you do it, right? Now, do you do that because you have a lot of willpower or do you do it because your motivation to want to take care of them is so high? Right, Because there's a difference. And I think you have to recognize that because I think a lot of times the willpower is coded in our mind as how can we get ourselves to do something we don't want to do, right? But we're not seeing the full picture because part of the equation is how much, how important it is to you, right? How do you, how much do you value it? Um, and I think that that does a lot of the heavy lifting, right? So it's like, if there's something you don't really want to do, or it's something you're kind of like, eh, you know, kind of midland sort of uh, commitment to it it's going to feel like you're going to need a lot more willpower to get yourself to do it. You see? So again, we don't want to just look at willpower as like it lives in a vacuum and that's what dictates. Cause how do you explain it? How do you explain there's so many people that have tons of willpower that aren't able to lose the weight, right? I mean, you know, there's people, I don't know, farmers that get up at four in the morning every day, you know, mechanics. I don't know what I'm just making things up there, but there, there's people, you know, lawyers, doctors, uh, you know, hardworking people, you know, that, that work every single day and go to work and have lots of willpower in that area of their lives, um, do the things with their kids that, that are kind of tiring and they get themselves to do it. But then when it comes to the weight, they're not able to do it. So how is it that someone can have willpower in one area of their lives and then not use it in another area of their lives, right? Because we tend to think like willpower is like a muscle. And so if I have it there, I should be able to use it over here. That's not how it works right? Willpower is kind of like just a word we've come up with um, where I think we misunderstand it, you know? And um, in terms of willpower to lose weight, it's a very ineffective strategy, you know? And so understanding the motivational piece underneath it is way more important, you know, because you're better off taking some extra time and coming up with reasons why something's really important to you, right? Uh, I use the example as a thought experiment that if someone kidnap the person in your life that's the most important person to you in the world, the person you love the most. And if they said, you will not get this person back, you'll never see this person again if you don't lose weight this month, you know, would you struggle to lose weight or would it be automatic at that point, right? You'd be so committed and focused on getting the person back that the weight loss would be easy, right? And so there's no willpower difference there. It's really, it's a motivation increase, you know, and even if the kidnapper said, well, I'm going to surround you with all your favorite foods, you know, even in that situation, you still would be so fixated and focused on the goal. And it would be so important to you 
that it, it would be no problem for you, you know, to do what you needed to do, you know? So I think this is really important because you keep, you know, because people tend to think like they're just going to tap into some level of motivation magically at some point, you know, or they think, you know, the willpower is a fixed thing. I either got it or I don't, you know? And if you think you don't have it and you never will, then you're going to have this limiting belief in your mind that you'll never be able to lose weight because you don't have willpower. And so a lot of people do this. They, they really link together um, how much willpower I have with how much weight I can lose. And I'm here to tell you that that's not, that's not even the main factor. <laughs> you know, it way comes down to much more the motivation. And for a lot of people, there's just a very limited amount of motivation that they have uh, to lose weight anyways, you know? So, um, you know, I, I hope that, I hope you buy into that and believe that because you'll see very quickly that if you start really fixating on your motivation, you know, one of the first things you'll notice now, now, so we're talking about motivation. One of the first things you'll really notice if you're really honest with yourself is that you don't really want to lose weight. You're not actually not motivated to lose weight. You know, what's going on is that you really wish you'd lose weight. You really wish that Monday would wake up and you'd be motivated to lose a lot of weight. Um, but the reality is that you're not really committed and have made a decision to actually want to make it happen. You see? And so there's a huge difference there. And once you can appreciate that difference, be honest with yourself, then you can go to work on what the real problem is, you know, because if you think you're motivated up to a level 10 to want to lose weight, if you think instead of wishing, you, you think you actually do want to lose weight more than anything in the world, level 10, and you think that, then you're going to wonder why it's not happening. You see what I mean? Like, because like, if you think you're at a level 10 and you're not do, making it happen, well, then you say, what's wrong with me? I want to lose weight so badly and I'm not making it happen. There must be something wrong with me. And as soon as you realize, well, I'm not actually really motivated. You know, again, that's why I use that thought example of, um, you know, if someone that you cared about was kidnapped, you know, all of a sudden it's a different thing for you, you know. So um, we need to identify, get crystal clear on what the actual problem is of why you can't lose weight, you know. And it almost always starts with a motivation issue, you know, that you're not truly motivated. Now, I don't think motivation is enough. I always want to make that clear. Um, so I asked that kidnapping example, and that's a, you understand that what we're talking about in there, it's a month long. Right? So you can change anything for a month if it's important enough. Uh, but when it comes to mastering your weight, it really does come down to you have to have motivation for sure. But then what becomes actually even more important long term is to have the proper strategies. You know, you need to have the right strategies. And, you know, that's another thing you don't have either. Right. Because when it comes to weight loss, you usually have like a diet mentality where you're thinking about dieting as that's how I'm going to lose weight. And there's just 50 things wrong with the diet mentality that are keeping you um you know, kind of trapped, you know? So it's recognizing those things though, because again, what a lot of people do is they just have this fixed mindset where I can't lose weight, right? There's a way to do it. You restrict the food, you change how you're eating through willpower. That's how you lose weight. And I've tried it and it hasn't worked for me. So there must be something wrong with me. I must not be able to lose weight because there's something broken in me. And a lot of people walking around thinking that, you know? And what happens with that sort of thinking is that it, it keeps you in a powerless state. You know, you think like, no matter what I do, I can't lose the weight, you know, when in reality, there's plenty of stuff you can do to lose the weight. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of things you haven't tried yet, you know, to, to really uh, master your weight. But if you think everything's, if, if there's a saying, if you don't know it's broken, you can't fix it. Right. And so when it comes to weight loss, I find this is very, very accurate that um, if you, if you think, well, I know what to do. I just need to get myself to do it. Right. Which is another way to say, I just need to use my willpower. Well, if you haven't had willpower in the past, then what, where's the willpower going to come from all of a sudden? You see? So you're kind of trapped with that mindset, with thinking of it that way. So once 
you know, it can be a little like a slap in the face. A little bit say, oh my God, I don't really want to lose weight. It's kind of true. You know, I kind of been dabbling. I kind of wish I'd lose weight, but I'm really committed to it. Once you can be honest with yourself and recognize that, then you can go to work on fixing it. But if you're under the impression that you want to lose weight more than anything in the world and you're really committed and just it's the most important thing in the world to you, but it's not happening, well, then you have nowhere to go, you know, other than believing that there must be something wrong with you, right? And that's the worst place you can be, in my opinion, because then it's a, it's a feeling of hopelessness, powerlessness, right? You feel no, no ability that you could change it, you know? So again, I like doing these lives to try and point out that it's not a you don't even have a strategy, <laughs> you know, you think you do, but you don't, you don't know how to lose weight, you know, you think you do, um, but you don't. And so that's the initial thought that needs to be banished. And along with it goes, you know, once you recognize that, you know, you sort of stop with the, I know what to do. I just need to get myself to do it and start saying, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to motivate myself. I don't know how to eat less calories while remaining satisfied and full. I don't have strategies for dealing with my emotions uh, that don't include food. You know, once you recognize that those are the real challenges you have, then you can go to work on fixing them. Right? And that feels a lot better. Even if it's like, oh man, I got a lot of work to do here and this sucks. I'll take that any day of the week over, doesn't matter what I do, I can't lose weight. Right? Oh, thanks for real. I appreciate the rose. Um, you see what I mean? So, so it's again, it's about accurate thinking. You know, all, I think all change really stems from accurate thinking, seeing the situation for what it actually is. And the idea that you just lack willpower is not it at all. Not at all. You know, you lack motivation. And then on top of that, you lack strategy. You don't know, you don't know how to do the things you want to do, you know? And so this idea that well, I just need to do it, it's just this idea that you're going to force yourself. And um, I hate to tell you, that's not how your mind works, you know? And so you recognize this, right? I mean, look at your own experience trying to lose weight. It hasn't worked. And, but you keep trying the same thing, you know, and that's the thing. Again, I try to get out here just to kind of give you a different perspective, you know, because it's, it's, it's badly needed in our society and our culture that this idea of weight loss has been so monopolized by diets that it gets to the point where a person almost can't even imagine losing weight without a diet, right? Well, how else would you do it? You know, it's like just a complete vacuum of ideas. There's no other alternatives, you know. Now, of course, there are other alternatives, but you just never hear about them. You know, all you get is a steady stream of diet mentality in your, your face. Um, but notice the diets, again, they tell you what to do and never show you how to get yourself to do it. Right. So that's why everyone walks around and says, what? Oh, I know what to do. I just got to get myself to do it. Nope. You need to learn how to do it. Right? Someone says, I need more than hypnosis. I need to be brainwashed. <laughs> I would pay for that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true, right? Because you've been brainwashed, you know? And um, I mean, brainwashed is this critical mass of hypnosis. You know what I mean? Like like brainwashing is just like when you kind of hit critical effect. Oh, that's cool. That's a neat little origami thing. Um, brainwash is when you kind of hit this critical mass of, you know, you get so much hypnosis in one area, you kind of hit crit critical mass and then just like that becomes your de facto paradigm. You know, and that's what's happened with weight loss. You've gotten so much diet bullshit kind of put into your head that it's now become the predominant paradigm that you're stuck in. You don't even realize this. It's a mental prison you exist within. You're completely within it is one of dieting. And there's all these limiting beliefs associated with it. Um, some short-term thinking, you know, the way you think about weight loss subconsciously is coded as a short-term temporary thing. I'm going to change the eating for a little while so that I can get back to, I can get to my goal weight. I can lose the weight. You know, and um, then you think of it as a sprint 
And a sprint is something you have to be perfect at if you're going to do it. And so if you're not perfect, what's the point? Um, I want to do this so I can look better. You know, so there are just so many things, so many things that are keeping you trapped, but it's almost all mindset, mental stuff, you know? So sometimes I need more, more than hypnosis. You do and you don't. Yeah, you do need more than hypnosis. Again, it's not just the hypnosis. It is, the hypnosis is a method. Do you know what I mean? So for example, it's a tool. So it's like, I give you a hammer. Well, great. What am I going to do with it? I need, I need the blueprints, you know, for the house. Do you know what I mean? You need both of them. And so the hypnosis is, is a, the tool. You know, but then you need the strategy and the plan. So it's so like in my program, it's like, yeah, the, first you learn a self-hypnosis technique because I think you have to hypnotize yourself ultimately if you're really going to get the results you want. If you're going to master your weight, you need to know how to hypnotize yourself, which let me just take some of the, the, the I don't know, there's such a weird thing with hypnosis, but it, it, it makes me crazy because it's, it's you're always hypnotized practically. <laughs> You're hypnotized every single day. Every time you sit and watch a TV show or a movie, that's a literal, that's literally hypnosis. You're going into this relaxed state, very passive, and you're accepting everything that's going on. You're vicariously having an experience that you're actually experiencing. You know, you watch sports, you're literally releasing adrenaline. You watch a horror movie, you're literally releasing cortisol and you're tense. You know, you watch a comedy, you're laughing and you're having physiological responses to that. So that's all hypnosis is. It's just using your imagination to influence your subconscious mind. So it's just a process, you know? So it's not enough to say, oh, I'm gonna hypnotize myself. Well, to do what? You know what I mean? Like you need content to, to put in there, you know? The hypnosis is just the process. And so in my program, again, the first thing you learn is the self-hypnosis technique, but then the core of the program is this, um, these weight mastery blueprints. You know, there's mindset blueprint, lifestyle blueprint, eating blueprint. And I think you need to customize those for yourself. Again, this is where I think dieting gets it wrong, where there's like, oh, do this. You know, well, they don't know you. They don't know your preferences, your genetics, your lifestyle. So I'm just going to just start doing that. You know, I think you need to craft your own way of being, you know, your mindset, lifestyle, eating. And when you figure that out, you know, now you're ready. You know, now you've got, it's like a golden ticket. Now you've got your personalized roadmap, your personalized blueprint for getting to your goal weight and living the rest of your life there, you know? And then there's a lot of hypnosis sessions as support to all that, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, you do need more than hypnosis for, for sure. You talked about, whoop, let's see. Someone said, you talked about developing an indifference for sweets on your account. Can you please talk more? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, okay, so so speaking of hypnosis, let's stick with that, that kind of concept. So what's going on right now through a lifetime, I'm talking literally, you've had, think about it this way, you've had millions of hypnosis sessions without you realizing it. They're called commercials. And every commercial you see is a hypnosis session where they're linking emotions to their product, okay? And so what they do is they're constantly looking to create emotions of arousal and connect it to their product. Right. So it's like, I mean, Mountain Dew, I always pick Mountain Dew because they're probably the most obvious because they're really like, I don't know, X game stuff, you know, what I mean? like, like extreme sports, youth, stuff like that. So I use them as an example. But it literally, literally every single food, every single company does this in advertisements. Every ad is a hypnosis session. Um, and so but the food ones, so um, like Mountain Dew, they really link their product to youthfulness, energy, craziness, adrenaline. Okay. And so what happens is subconsciously when we think about Mountain Dew, we think about young, you know, adrenaline energy, all these things, you know, this, this, there's, there's a lot of energy to it, right? You don't think about like falling asleep. You don't think about mountain. Now, again, there's sugar in it and stuff like that part too, but it's more the conditioning of it all, you know? So basically what happens is people have been conditioned 
uh, like think about the food you're struggling with. There's cookies, ice cream, potato chips. There's so much emo- arousal emotions associated to it, right? And you think about like, oh, I'd like to lose weight, but oh, without my Ben and Jerry's, without my cookies, you know? And like you have this deep emotional connection to it, right? Now, some of it's real, you know what I mean? Like, like some of it's actually real. Understand this, right? Your your brain and body are evolved mechanisms. They've evolved for millions of years in a food scarce environment. That's why when you eat a cookie, you have a different response to it than when you eat a carrot. It's dopamine, you know. So when you eat the the cookie, your brain and body want you to eat more of it because they still think you're in a food scarce environment. So when you eat a lot of calories, you release dopamine, and your dopamine makes you want to do it more. When you eat a carrot, you don't release much dopamine. (laughs) So it's kind of that simple. So there is an actual physiological part too. However, um, a lot more of it is actually all this mindset. They've linked all this emotion to these foods. And one of the key ones is, again, their emotions of arousal. Okay. And so the indifference is the opposite of that. Because what you don't realize is you're stuck. Most of your life, you are in an overactivated sympathetic nervous system right? This is just the plight of the modern world. Um, and your, your sympathetic nervous system is your fight, flight, or freeze response. And so most of the time in the modern world, our sympathetic nervous system is overactivated. And what happens is when we're sympathetic nervous system activated, the blood goes from our brain out to our muscles. So we can fight, flight, or freeze. Okay. And so when we relax and calm ourselves down, the blood goes back up to our brain so we can start thinking more clearly right? Literally our prefrontal cortex, the thing that makes us a human, we pull the blood away from it. So we become more animalistic and just respond. And then we calm down and relax when we become more human again and think more clearly using all of our brain. So what's happening a lot of times with the food and with the weight loss is because weight has been such an emotional thing for you. Um, and it's painful, right? You've stepped on the scale, you've seen the picture of yourself, you've struggled with it, you fought with it, you think about it all the time. And every time you think about your weight, it usually it, it elicits a stress response in you, right? When you think about your weight, you activate your sympathetic nervous system. It's a stressful, tense thing. It doesn't make you feel good. When you think about your weight, you don't relax. Whew, all right, how, let's, how am I going to do this? Let's get logical. Let's get strategic. Let's, let's change my weight for good. <laughs> You're not, you don't think that way. You're just very responsive and reactive, you know, when it comes to your weight. And that includes the foods as well. So creating indifference starts with the idea of, okay, well, what food am I struggling with? ice cream. Okay. And so you want to recognize that you get very emotional with that ice cream. You, you, when you want to lose weight, you start hating the ice cream, you start fighting against it. And you know, then when you're not wanting to lose weight, you love the ice cream. It's very pleasurable, but it's all these, it's very like very dramatic, emotional, reactive emotions that you're feeling. Okay. So the idea is that you calm down and you relax and you can program this into yourself. So it, it's a it's a process that I teach. So I'm, I'm kind of giving you the overview of it. It may not make a whole lot of sense without the full context of, of what's going on. But the idea is this, that what would it feel like, right? Because here's the hypnosis. You can imagine whatever you want. And you don't usually do this because you're usually in the, you know, what's wrong with me? How come I can't stop eating? Why can't I, I love ice cream. Why can't I stop eating so much of it? You know, you're asking questions like that. But what if you start asking, what would it feel like what would it be like if I was indifferent to ice cream? What would that feel like? Never mind if I can or can't do it or all the other stuff about it. What would it feel like? Well, what are we doing? We're activating our parasympathetic nervous system. We're relaxing. Let me calm down. Because what's indifference? When I'm indifferent to something, I don't really give a shit. I don't care. So we're pretending. We're pretending. Okay? That, that's, that's hypnosis is using our pretend muscles, our imagination muscles, to feel something. You do this every time you watch a TV show. <laughs> so this isn't some weird thing. It's weird when you try and do it to yourself to create a change, 
That's how you've been coded, programmed. But you do it every single night when you watch a movie or a TV show. What are you doing? You're pretending that to some degree you're having a vicarious experience. You're pretending that you're in the, the movie, in the show, and you're getting those experiences. If, you, if that didn't work, like if you just watched a TV show and you had no physiological, no emotional response to it, you w- it wouldn't be that interesting. But you do. <laughs> so what, if you pretend that you're indifferent to ice cream, to cookies, what would that feel like? And you got to connect to it. Oh, thanks for the rose. So you calm down and you relax. Relax the muscles. Breathe more. And what's indifference? You know, you, you keep the mind just quieter. Calm. And you think about the food. Imagine looking at it. Imagine it was right in front of you and you just stayed calm. I don't care. I'm different to it. I just take it or leave it. That's how I feel about it. So even just imagining that, the first thing is, do you ever imagine that? <laughs> do you ever get that condition into you? Do you ever see a commercial teaching you that? Right? Because <laughs> what's the commercial? Ooh, yum. Mm-hmm. You know, they're eating the stuff. Oh, God, I love, I love, 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 love the food. I love the food. Oh, God, I love the food. It makes worth every worth living. The, the point of life is to eat food. You know, like every commercial is all of these crazy emotions, like everything. The most arousing emotions that you can experience as a human, they're linking to the food. So at this point here, you're an emotional wreck when it comes to these food. <laughs> this is why you can't stop eating them because you have so much positive aroused, arousal emotions around that food. So the idea is you program yourself to feel indifferent to it. Can you do that? Yeah, of course. 100%? No. But 80%? Yeah. And does it make a difference? It's huge. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely huge to do that. You know, I do this all the time because I start with indifference. So I first start, I see the ice cream. And I'm like, <sighs> Okay, it's ice cream. It's going to taste good. Because what, what, once you're indifferent, do you understand what's indifference? It's a parasympathetic nervous system. You rest and digest. I, I got to think of another words that rhyme that make your brain work better because that's the most important thing that's happening. When your parasympathetic nervous system's like activated, your relaxed, activated nervous system, it allows the blood to flow up to your brain, up to your prefrontal cortex, your executive functioning. So not just that you're using willpower, Never mind the willpower. I want to be able to think clearly. I want to be able to relax when I see the ice cream in front of me and be calm and say, would I like to eat the ice cream? Maybe. It tastes good because everything's good and bad. Okay. The ice cream tastes good. I know that. However, 10 minutes after I finish it, I'm going to be disappointed in myself. I feel like I got now. Again, I'm, I'm saying I I don't feel this way now because I'm at my goal weight. But if I was overweight, struggling to lose weight, and I really wanted to lose weight, how I would be thinking is, yeah, the ice cream tastes good. I know that it's enjoyable to eat it. Absolutely. Now again, you have to do this in a different calm way. However, ten minutes after I finish, I'm gonna be I'm gonna just feel like I let myself down again. I'm gonna be frustrated with myself. I'm gonna be depressed. I'm gonna be angry with myself. You know, physically, I'm gonna feel full. I'm gonna feel like God. I just put all that sugar in my body again. I'm gonna spike my blood sugar. I'm going to release all this insulin in my body, you know? Um, emotionally, I'm going to feel depressed, frustrated, angry, pissed off. My internal dialogue is going to be very negative. I'm going to be very negative with myself. I'm going to be beating myself up for doing it again, you, right? And these are all real. So again, notice what I'm saying. The consequence, five, 10 minutes out after finishing, that's where you have to focus, by the way. You know, the idea like, oh, I shouldn't eat it because I'm going to gain weight. It means almost nothing to you in the moment. There's the instant pleasure of eating the food and then some far away consequence of maybe putting weight on it, it it's not motivating to your brain you got to go 10 minutes in the future okay and get start orienting yourself there but when you do that from a common different place now you can make a much better decision does it work 100 percent of the time no no but it doesn't have to 
You don't have to be 100%. That's a diet mindset, you know? If you get 80% better, 60% better in a comfortable way, I'll take that all day long, you know? So indifference becomes a, a way to feel that. You know, how can I feel indifferent to the ice cream, to the cookies, to the chips? That question alone is helpful, is it not, <laughs> right? Because it's like you can't even imagine it almost because you've literally been wrapped up in a cocoon of ar arousal emotions attached to food, you know? And so you have to you have to disconnect those. Just like Pavlov's dogs, that's how your subconscious mind works, right? What, what happened to Pavlov's dogs? He, he saw like when he brought the food to the dogs, there was a natural response of salivating. They, they smell the food, they see the food, they start salivating. That's a natural response. That's what happens when we see food. But then he starts ringing a bell at the same time. And that's a conditioned response. So he starts ringing the bell while they see the food and starts salivating. And eventually what's happening in the dog's brain, it's linking up bell, food, same response, you see? And that's what's happening with the ads. They're showing you all these things. There's all this, this emotional stuff going on in the ad to create these emotions. And then they're showing you the food. The food's the bell. You understand and so the food has got linked up with all these emotions that have nothing to do with it you know how the hell is ice cream entertaining you know what i mean like how is having you know what i mean like i don't don't get me wrong i mean it tastes good and it's pleasurable like there's that part of it but there's all this entertainment put on it all the all these emotions put on top of the food that have nothing to do with it you see and so they've been programmed in there and so you programmed in those you can program in indifference I just don't care i don't want to get my entertainment from food and that's how I feel. I think of food as primarily fuel. People say, oh, you poor person. Oh, you poor person. You, you just eat food for fuel? I mean, I, I eat it for entertainment and, and pleasure too, sometimes. But primarily, I eat it for fuel. And, and people look at me like they feel bad for me. And that's how, that's how, talk about brainwashed. That's how brainwashed our population is. That's how brainwashed we are as a people. This is why 70% of the population is overweight or obese. Because they're getting their primary emotional satisfaction from food. And as long as that's the case, it's very difficult to lose the weight, you know? But I don't look at food that way, to be honest. And I used to. Food was everything to me for a while. I grew up Greek. Food was everything. And, um, and then my family loved food on top of it, and I grew up in America. So I had all that stuff where I linked the food to all this stuff. And now I don't. So, yeah, and, uh, putting it to indifference is, is amazing. So very important. Um, oh, someone said this conversation is discouraging. Sorry, cat. Um, it's after dinner from six to ten. It's like a battle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give it a chance. I've listened to. Let me see. What they said. Um, give it a chance. I've listened to a few, and what he says sticks. It makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is discouraging. I mean, it's discouraging. It shouldn't be discouraging. I know it feels discouraging at first. I know that. I know for me to tell you, uh, for me to get on here and say you don't, you have no idea how to lose weight. I know that feels discouraging to you. However. From where I'm coming from, it should be very encouraging because you can actually now realize you don't know how to lose weight and get on the right track and start learning how to lose weight. Because <laughs> it, it's not rocket science. Like, it's really not. It's just that you 100% just have been conditioned to not lose weight in the proper way. To, to the point that, think about this. Can you even think about how to lose weight that doesn't include a diet? You know what I mean? Other than like vague idea, oh, I need to change my lifestyle. I need to shift my, my mindset. I need to make it a holistic process. You know, there's like vague things people say, you know, but there's no real strategy of how to actually, even the goal, I just want to lose weight. That's what everyone says. I just want to lose the weight. That's what you feel. Okay. But that's not even the right goal. And subconscious, that doesn't mean anything. 
Okay. So a better goal, I mean, I know you probably never thought this, but wouldn't a better goal be to say, I want to return to my goal weight and then lift the, live the rest of my life at my goal weight on near autopilot. Like, wouldn't that be a much better goal than I just want to lose weight, right? Because the lose weight is, it's a temporary coded thing. And then what do you do once you lose the weight? You know, there's got to be something wrong, right? How can 95% of the population, you know, try diets and fail on them? Right. So, so anyways, I don't want it to be discouraging. I want it to kind of wake you up a little bit and at least let you realize, um, you know, it's a different process. Someone says, well, you go over the thinking like you're already skinny. Yeah. Again, it's the same thing. Notice the pattern here <laughs> with hypnosis. The hypnotic approach to mastering your weight is really one of pretending yourself thin. Right now, I know people discourage that. They just they discount that. Right. I'm using my imagination to be thin. That's stupid. You know, I'm going to pretend myself thin, dumb. That's what people think. Now, why? In order for this to make sense, you have to understand your mind. Okay. You have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. The conscious part of your mind is the part of your mind you've been trying to use to lose weight. The conscious part of your mind is logical and rational. This is where your willpower is. Your subconscious mind is the part of your mind that runs all of your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, including your eating behaviors. And they just run on autopilot at this point. Okay. And so what you do when you try and lose weight, I'll go one step further and kind of make it metaphorical. Your mind is a lot like a cruise ship. And as a captain is like the conscious mind and the crew is like the subconscious mind. And so when you go on a diet, basically what you're doing, it's like the captain saying, you know what? I don't like how you guys have been working. You're all fired. Get out of here. I'm going to do it all myself. And the captain would be able to do that for a day or two and then gets overwhelmed and then can't do it. And that's what happens with the diets for you. Now, it doesn't, maybe not just a day or two, but you kind of, you consciously try and start to micromanage every little food decision you're going to make, right? So that you're doing healthy decisions and it lasts a little while and then you get distracted, tired or bored. And what happens? You go right back to how you used to eat because you're not meant to be, you're not a conscious creature primarily. You're primarily a subconscious creature. You're on autopilot most of the time. That's how your brain's designed. Okay. And so what happens is you have learned these eating behaviors and now they're in your subconscious mind and they just run on autopilot, right? This is why you can use a computer mouse without even thinking about it anymore. You can get on a bike and you don't even think about how you're doing it. You walk, you read, you write, you use the remote, everything you do, all these behaviors, you just do on autopilot. You're not thinking about doing them, right? You may say, oh, I want to write something, but then you just write on autopilot. You're not thinking about how you're writing compared to like how you were first learning how to write each letter, the lines, the space, all that stuff, right? So you're eating patterns are, are subconscious and they just run on autopilot. And what you try and do is you try and use your conscious willpower and you say, no, I usually eat at eight o'clock at night. I sit on the sofa and eat ice cream, right? You say, no, tonight we want to lose, we want to lose weight. Okay. It's Monday night and I want to lose weight. And all of a sudden you get this desire to want to eat ice cream at eight o'clock at night. And you say, no, no, we're not going to do that. Right. And that's weight loss in a nutshell with the diet mentality. I'm going to fight against my programming, my subconscious program, what I normally do. Because think about this. Why is weight loss so hard? You know you want to lose weight. You know what you should do. You know what you shouldn't do. And then when you go to do it, there's some part of you that's still compelling you to eat the wrong stuff. What's up? And I know you don't have a description for this. The conscious subconscious mind thing is the best description I've seen. You know, I think psychology in general is like a consciousness has a conscious bias. Okay, where all psychology is like built around this idea that we're in conscious control of our behaviors. You know what I mean? That we overvalue it. So what I'm telling you is this, that you still want to use your conscious mind, but we want to use it to reprogram your subconscious mind. 
so that instead of for the rest of your life fighting against your subconscious programming, which is dieting, instead you learn how to program in new healthy behaviors into your subconscious mind so that they run automatically. Like brushing your teeth is a subconscious program that you programmed into your subconscious mind and now you just do it on autopilot and it keeps your teeth healthy and clean in your head, right? You're not, you're not forcing yourself to, to do it every day. You just kind of do it at a certain time and you just do it on almost on autopilot. Your eating behavior is the exact same thing. And so if you just think you're just going to consciously change them forever, because it's not just one thing. A lot of people, when they first start changing their weight, I mean, they're eating four, five, six times a day sometimes. So that's like six times a day you think you're consciously just going to get in there and what? Stop yourself? You know, it's just, it's inappropriate. So, so what's the idea of thinking like you're already thin? Okay, the idea is that you start putting yourself into the mindset of a thin person as much as possible um, because this is an inside out process. And so this comes down to your self-image, you know? So in my program, like once we get past the motivation piece, the next piece is a self-image. Your, your weight is a, is a projection of your mental self. You know, so we talk about like the thermostat of your weight, the thing that's controlling your weight more than anything else is the self-image you hold of yourself, the identity you have. If you've been living as an overweight person for 10 years, 20 years, you think of yourself as an overweight person, okay, in the world. And so you don't like it, but you're comfortable and familiar with it. And that's all your subconscious mind really cares about anyways, you know? So the biggest part of this whole process is transforming your identity and self-image. That's why I always say this is an inside-out process. And when I work with people, we start on the inside part. How do you think of yourself? Because I have had, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. And I've had so many conversations with people that have lost weight and then put it back on. I said, well, what happened? Right? Because if you, I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. Okay. Well, what happens when you lose the weight? Right? You have to start asking this question because I'm going to let that part go for a second. But it's like, what do you want to do when you lose the weight? You know what I mean? Like, like you're, what people tell me, I said, well, you lost the weight. So what went on? Why'd you put it back on? Well, I didn't feel like myself. All of a sudden I was this thin person and I just didn't, I don't know. Because being thin, it's like people do treat you different. Your relation, it does affect things. You know what I mean? Like, and you just, you don't know how to think of yourself as a thin person if you haven't been one. You know, it's just, and you're comfortable. Again, you don't like it. You don't like being overweight, but you're familiar with it. You know how to act in the world. You get yourself deprecating jokes and you got your way of being and, and just your way of just, you know, rationalizing, you know, why the situation is. And like, you have a fully formed way of thinking about yourself this way. And I promise you, that's what needs to change more than anything else. That's why I say, you could put my brain into any person's body that's overweight and they will start losing weight instantly because I think like a thin person. And and it's like, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's everything I think about food, about all my healthy habits, my lifestyle, um, how I think about my eating strategies, you know, why I want to be thin, what it means to me. You know, all of these things are that of a thin person. I did not have them. I, I created them. Okay. So that's how I know it's all programming, you know? So we want to start day one of your weight loss process, starting to develop this thin version of you. Now by thin, I want to be clear. Thin to me is just living at your goal weight and your goal weight is the weight that makes you the healthy and the healthiest and the happiest and gives you the best quality of life. Okay. And so this is a really important place to start because a lot of times people just pick this arbitrary weight. This is where the first, this is your first problem right here, I promise you, is the weight you're picking is probably some arbitrarily low weight. Oh, I weighed that when I was 18. Oh, I want to weigh what I weigh when I got married. You know, it's just some number you're picking and it has almost no meaning to you. Okay. And so I would say to people, you really want to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. 
That's why we start with the self-image. This isn't a process of losing weight. That's not even enough motivation for you. This is a process of becoming the person you want to be. You need to make it bigger than that. I want to be the parent I want to be. I want to be the partner I want to be. I want to be the employer, the worker that I want to be. Whatever's important in your life, you want to make this into being the best version of that person you can be by being at your goal weight. Now, I know you're probably thinking, well, how do I look? My, my kids aren't going to love me anymore if I look. I'm not talking about how you look. See, you're so obsessed with the superficial. The way you think about weight loss is primarily superficial. I just want to look better. And that's the key reason why you're not motivated to lose weight. Okay. It's not enough motivation. It's literally technically extrinsic motivation. It's the weakest form of motivation. You think it's the motivating, you're obsessed with wanting to look better and you wouldn't, you don't even believe me that it's not enough motivation. I can point you to your experience and say, well, why haven't you lost the weight then? If wanting to look better is enough motivation, then why haven't, why hasn't it worked? And you'll argue with me. I know that, but I'm here to tell you it's not enough motivation. And so you need to find more motivation for me. This is why you could take my brain and put it in a menopausal woman's body and we'll start losing weight. Put it in, someone's got metabolic disorder, insulin resistance, Hashimoto's. We're going to start losing weight right off the bat because weight loss to me is not looking better primarily. It's life and death. My father died at 54 of a heart attack. I was nine years old. So to me, being at my goal of weight is about being here as long as I can possibly be for my kids and my wife. First off. You see? So my motivation level is off the charts compared to most people because the way I think about this is different. You see? So it's a process of becoming the person you want to be. And I could go on for an hour or two about all the reasons why I want to be at the weight I'm at. And none of them have anything to do with, well, I want to look this and I want to wear this size clothes and have people look at me. And none of it's that. It's all internal stuff. I want to have energy. I want to be able to think clearly. I want to feel good about myself. I want to be able to live as long as I possibly can. I want to take care of this body. I'm curious to see how much potential I can tap into. You know, how good can I feel? You know? So it's like, that's the process. And that's why I, we, in my program, we always start with that mindset piece of the self-image. You know, who do you want to be? And that becomes the process. What's the best version of you? Who are you at your best? And yes, the best version of you is at your goal weight. Does that mean that it's not a judgment on people that are struggling with their weight because it's, again, it's your goal weight. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying you have to weigh something. I'm saying whatever weight is going to be the best for you, uh, that's, you want to start thinking about yourself at that weight. So here's one more thing about this. With weight loss, people tend to focus on, I want to lose X amount of pounds. And so what's happening is you're always referencing your overweight self. You're always referencing your overweight self and saying, I don't want to eat that way. I got to stop overeating. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be overweight. Don't want to be, don't, 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 don't. Now, the problem is your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. If I tell you, don't think about a banana, what are you thinking about, right? So every time you go on a diet, you're obsessively thinking about yourself being overweight and then losing the weight. And then you're also obsessively thinking about foods that, you know, you don't want to eat. Um, so it's, it's just, a, it's a non-starter pretty much across the board. But so what we want to do is instead of thinking about how much weight you want to lose, I want to say, how much weight do you want to weigh? What size do you want to be? Who do you want to be? It's about what you want, right? Your weight loss is all based around what you don't want, who you don't want to be, what you don't want to look like, what you don't want to eat. And you're creating a problem subconsciously by approaching it that way. And so it needs to start by who do I want to be? And what happens is right from day one, you're developing that inner voice. You know, so a lot of my clients will call it like, they'll say, well, I, it's my voice in their head now. That's why I do this for free. I do all this stuff for free. My mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And so, yeah, I have a program, but I also, I'm like, I'm just going to give all this stuff away for free. And yeah, someone said, like, if you listen to me, yeah, my, I, my voice will start going in your head. Just like all the commercials voices are in your head. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're all programming you. 
But so you'll start listening to me and you'll start thinking differently. And that difference in thinking will start to create differences in your behavior. And the difference in behavior create, you'll see all the time I do these lives. People like, I've been listening for last month and I lost 10 pounds, you know? So it's like, why is that happening? Because I'm putting a different voice in your head. You are, you are, we all are our own best or worst hypnotist. Cause you're up in your head talking to yourself 24 hours a day and it is programming you. Okay. So, um, it's important to recognize this because this is what's generating all your results. Cause what are you doing? Let's, you got to have some self-awareness, which you probably don't because <laughs> you haven't developed it. But it's like, if you, do you recognize you have an internal dialogue, right? You're up there talking to yourself 24 hours a day. Okay. And that internal dialogue is almost guaranteed to be very negative when it comes to your weight loss because another part of the diet mentality is that you, you, the only motivation you've ever felt to lose weight, 90% of it is pain-based. And so you try and beat yourself up to motivate yourself to take action. And so you're in your head just beating yourself up. There's a positive intention behind you. You're trying to get yourself motivated, but it does not work. Okay. So what ends up happening, my clients always say, well, I got, I got your voice. I think I call my, we call it my, the coach voice, you know, but what it is, it's your ideal self. It's, it's the best version of you. And you start first, you identify it. It's like a seed. You identify it. Cause when's the last time, when's the last time you sat down and crafted your ideal self image? Never. <laughs> exactly. Because what happened is you think you are who you are based on the people, you, what people told you growing up, you just absorbed it and the experiences you've had. You never sat down at any point and said, you know, who, what is the best version of me? What is my potential? What am I capable of? Let me write this stuff down and get crystal clear on who I am at my best. And then let me, that's the seed. And then let me, let me water it. Let me give it the nutrients and fertilize. Let me give it the sun. Let me grow. Let me cultivate this version of me that I want to be. That's not how you're approaching weight loss. You're starting with who you don't like and you think you're just going to, you don't even have an internal sense of it. You're, the way you think about weight loss is almost completely superficial. Like I'm just going to change how I eat and how I exercise and the way it's going to come down. And then what? You're not going to be a different person. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, like not necessarily and usually not. Why? How do you explain? I mean, you've probably lost the weight and put it back on yourself. How is this possible? If, if losing the weight is so incredible and amazing, then how could you lose the weight and then put it back on? Right? I mean, you don't even have an explanation for this, you know? So I can understand how this stuff can sound discouraging at first, but please understand that it's the, it's the initial part of you've got to, there's got to be some level of looking at, I just did a hypnosis session on this. So keep an eye on my account for the next couple of days here. It's about reducing the fear. Actually, I just put that video up yesterday. I did a new one, which is a little more in depth, but it's the biggest challenge you have at first is that you don't even want to look at the situation right? You're, you're so scared to actually like step on that scale and honestly see where you're at. It's terrifying to you. You see? So I could see how like, oh, you stumble on this and it's like, oh shit, this guy's making me feel terrible. <laughs> well, you've got to, you, you know, that's part of the process of, of initially just kind of recognizing where you're at, but then there's sticking with that bad feeling and saying, okay, I'm going to be okay. I've gone through the worst of it now. And now let's start making things better. Now, again, this takes a different thing because with weight loss, you've been conditioned to think, okay, tomorrow I'm going to jump on 100% in a plan. And that's the shittiest strategy on the planet. It's the shittiest. Let me equate it to something else. It's like, oh, I want to play the piano. So then I want to learn as fast as I can. I'm only, I'm only going to play the piano if I can learn to do it fast. And so I'm going to start playing eight hours a day. Okay, let's see. Let me know how you're doing at the second day. <laughs> your fingers like this. You ain't practicing that second day. You're wiped out. And this is what you do with your weight loss. Oh, here comes Monday. 
Right. And especially like this week, right? Because we're at the, okay, January ended. Oh, shit. All right. Didn't, didn't, 2020 didn't kick off the way I wanted to. But here comes February. It's a new month, Monday. Let's do this, right? And let's change everything all at once on Monday. That's why everyone tries to create change with their weight. But what if I told you a much more effective way is to start where you're at now and just pick one thing and improve it for a week or two and then start another thing and improve that? I know you don't want to do that because you associate weight loss with rapid, rapid weight loss. If I can't lose it fast, I don't get out of here. Not interested. You know, anyways, so this is thanks for all your help. Love your lives. I'm glad I, I really, that's why I do these, you know, I, I want to help you all out. So anyways, yeah, thinking like you're already skinny. That's the idea you, so right. Remember Christians used to always say, and maybe they still do. What would Jesus do? Right. It, it's the same thing. You're just, you're elevating your thinking, right? You're, you're acting as if, well, if I was Jesus, right, how would I think? How would I see this? And it elevates your thinking to a higher level. Well, it's the same thing with the weight loss. You start thinking about yourself. How would the thin me? Right? How would the healthy me, how would the best version of me respond in the situation? Now, it doesn't just, like asking, it doesn't just automatically change everything in your life. It becomes a muscle you develop. But eventually you develop that voice in your head, this ideal you, this thin, healthy, happy you. You identify it, you're aware of it, and you, you cultivate it. You build up that muscle and you start hearing that voice in your head and it starts directing your behavior. Because what are you doing? It's like you got that shitty voice trying to what? I always say, like, you can't hate yourself healthy. So you get this voice in your head just, just tearing you apart. Because I know that voice in your head. I've worked with people. It's, it's, no, you're meaner to no one in your life than you are to yourself. Just absolutely brutal to yourself, you know? And you're trying to just beat yourself up so you'll do something. Again, you got the positive intention there, but it's the worst strategy. It feels so horrible. So yeah, the alternative is, let me think about who am I when I'm happy, healthy? What's my potential, right? What's the best version of me? Who is that person? Because you don't even know. And so instead of like running away from being overweight, right? Literally, I want to lose weight. I want to lose it. (laughs) Running away from it. I'm trying to hide from it. Even in the languaging of it. I just want to run away from who I am. I want to run away from being overweight. I want to stop being fat. It's all about what you want to stop doing. And it's very little about who you want to become. Right? And there's there's no internal piece to it. It's just this external, I just want to look different. It's not enough. You know, you, there's got to be more to it. And there is more to it. You know, nothing in your life will make you happier than losing weight and living at your goal weight and feeling amazing in your body and feeling proud of yourself and knowing that you're taking care of yourself. You know? So that's the, that's the process, though. It's a different, you know what I mean? The goal's different when you put it that way. It's the thought of how long it will take. Yeah, okay. So the, I know, and I, I deal it all the time, and it's not your fault. So I, I don't, when I get annoyed by this, I'm not getting annoyed with you guys that you want fast results. Because why wouldn't you? That's what you've been programmed and hypnotized to associate to weight loss, you know? And I compare this, I always like compare this to college, right? If you went to college, it's like, okay, it's two, four, six years. You're going to commit to a time period and accomplish something big and important. Right. So it's like, oh, or I'm going to call. I'll only go to college if I can do it in a year. Well, that's just not how it works. You know, it's like, oh, I want to grow, you know, I want to grow some food, but I'll only do it if I can have it in a month. Well, you got to plant the seed and then nourish it. It takes two months, you know, so things just take the time they take. And so in, in our country, especially, you know, we're so conditioned to chase the shortcuts. Think about, look back on your life with weight. And most people that I work with, They've been at it for decades, 10, 20, 30, 40 years of what? Of seeking and chasing out the shortcuts, right? The only thing that they'll try is shortcuts, fast, rapid weight loss. 
If it's not fast, I ain't interested, right? And it's like you spend all your time and energy in life chasing shortcuts instead of just committing to just doing it right, putting the energy in, you know? So I know it's the thought of how long it will take. You should wrap your mind around that with this question here. How long would you like to keep the weight off for? How long do you want to lose the weight for? Right? Maybe it's probably a question you don't ask a lot because you, I just want to lose weight. I don't care what I got to do. I just want to lose the weight. Great. And then once you lose it, how long would you like to lose it for? Forever? Oh, you said forever, right? You didn't say a year, <laughs> right? So if you want to lose it forever, right? If, which again, think about that. I want to lose it forever. Think about the psychology of that statement, by the way. I want to lose it forever. That's like, it's playing like hide and seek forever is, is the perception of that almost, right? And like you always have to outrun it. Always have to outsmart it, you know? And it's so it's, it's such a negative way of thinking about it. So the opposite is like, let's take it. So you want to be at your goal weight for the rest of your life. So how long is what going to take? Do you know what I mean? Like, like this is something you want to do for the rest of your life. I want to be at the weight I'm at until my last breath on earth. You know, and so I've set up my strategy. My plan for doing that is a lifetime strategy. It's one that I enjoy doing. I love it. I don't care how long it takes. I love feeling the way I feel. And I keep feeling better year after year. So it's like exciting to me to see how good I can actually feel. Keeps optimizing, you know? Like what an attitude though. Like that attitude shift as opposed to, I just want to lose the weight. You know what I mean? Like I just, that's why I try to do these calls just to, just to point out it can be discouraging because it's like, you're so stuck. You are so in a mental prison. That's the problem. And that's why I'm trying to break you out of that. And so I break you out of it. doesn't mean you instantly changes. Everything gets better for you, unfortunately. But it's the first step of realizing, holy shit, I'm trapped in this way of thinking. I need to break out of it. There's no diet out there that's going to fix it for you. Because the problem's not that you don't know what to do. It's that you have no idea of how to run your mind. You have no idea of how to change your behavior. You have no idea how to motivate yourself. So, all right. Someone says refined carbs are an addiction to a carb addict, just as alcohol is to an al alcoholic, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. I'd agree with that somewhat. I mean, and, and they are, because think about it, right? Flour and sugar are the closest things, especially sugar. Um, they're the closest, they're like food cocaine. Right? What do I mean by that? Cocaine is like, it's a, it's a very processed thing, right? So we, we tend to think like as a substance is bad, but people have been chewing on coca leaves for generations and it's not nearly the response you get after snorting a line of cocaine, okay? So what happens? How do you make cocaine? Well, you super process it down to its most concentrated form. And what makes something addictive? It's the speed at which you take it that it hits your bloodstream, okay? This is why with cigarettes, they put ammonia in it because it helps absorb the tobacco faster in your blood. Okay. And so we've got flour and sugar here that are super processed right down to powders. You couldn't make sugar the way you consume it at your house. You need a lot of equipment to process it. <laughs> you don't tap on the sugar, the sugar cane and out pops, you know, granulated sugar, you know? So, um, what you don't understand is all the modern food processing has made the food literally addictive. Because it hits our, think about how much of your food on a daily basis. So I always say this to people. So a lot of people categorize their food in terms of calories and then macronutrients, protein, fat, carbs. And so I suggest you add another category to it, powders. How much of your daily food intake is powder, flour or sugar? And there's a good chance that up, up in the 50, 60, 70% range for some people. Okay. Now don't freak out if that's the case, but you got to recognize it first. And so when you consume these powders, I mean, you can eat a bagel, which feels chewy, but it's all flour. It turns into flour powder in your body. 
and it's absorbed fast like that right in your blood and it's absorbed so fast what does that mean well it spikes your blood sugar levels it spikes your glucose in your blood and as soon as you're they spike real fast then your body has to release all sorts of insulin to bring it back down but it's like this tsunami effect because it's absorbed so fast when you eat natural foods the absorption's a lot slower it's a lot more sustained and mellow so that fast rapid absorption is what makes it addictive you know so yeah it is addictive and people have different levels of addiction to it but yeah it's absolutely addictive um car- my carbs are always high no matter how low my calories yeah yeah i was a carb that was my big thing it was carbs was, was my my huge one you know um i tried just not even having snacks on the house to avoid this yeah well that's a smart that's a good strategy for sure um sometimes i feel like it's very similar to smoking it is i will say this though that like the thing Again, the addictive nature of food, that's something I kind of I tiptoe around. I know people get real upset about it, but I think it's very helpful to think of your weight loss journey and your food as partly it's partly an addiction. I think that's good because if you don't think you have any food, because what's the definite of addiction, right? There's two big ones. And the reason we don't say it's an addiction is because they have this level of, I, I can't stand this definition in one sense. I wish they just come up with a different word to it. But it's like there's one level of addiction definition that, it's like there'll be a physiological response if you stop doing it, right? If you stop doing heroin, stop drinking alcohol, if you're alcoholic, you have a, a very negative physiological withdrawals from it, okay? And so food, that doesn't happen. So it's okay, it's not addictive. But another definition of addiction is that when you can't stop doing something, you know it's harmful to you. Well, that, that definition, food's absolutely an addiction, right? And so I think it's important to recognize some level of addiction to food with your weight because it allows you to more accurately calibrate what you need to overcome this. You know, and so I always reference like diets are like, just say no. Remember just say no to drugs in the eighties diets are like, just say no to food. Meaning it's a very superficial, inadequate strategy. Nancy Reagan telling a drug addict, oh, just say no means almost nothing. It means less than nothing. It's stupid. But that's how I feel about talking to someone about diet. Like you think, oh, here's the meal. Oh, I just found a new diet. And this one says don't eat carbs. Okay, great. Great. Let's see how you do. You know, just cut all the carbs out, you know? That's another thing too, because even a lot of times, oh, well, if I don't eat any carbs, I'll lose weight quicker. Okay, but how are you going to feel after a month or two of that? You know, even if you lose the weight, you feel like someone poured cement into your body, you know? So yeah, refined carbs are absolutely a problem. Um, But we have this all or nothing mentality in this country too, you know? But anyways, you should should approach this process, I believe, as recognizing I have some food addictions. I want to stop eating that food or eating so much of it, but I'm having trouble doing it and starting to look at it from an addiction mindset so that you can start recognizing there's some tools within the addiction world that can help you in this process. Again, it's, it's uh, so, so in, in alcoholics, they, they use a term called dry drunk. And what that means is someone who just stops drinking cold turkey, never does like any of the deeper work with it. And they never resolve any of the issues that caused the problem in the first place. Okay. And so one thing about weight and looking at food as, as, as an addiction with that, that frame is that it's one of the few addictions where you're going to keep on doing it, you know? So that makes it very unique, smoking, drugs, alcohol, whatever the other things, you can just stop them, you know, but food, you got to manage it, you know? So it, it is a lot extra level of complexity, but that's the main point I want to put across here is that there's a lot more complexity. People look at their weight loss. Like it's a bank account, credit to debits, you know, calories in calories out. And uh, it's way more complicated than that. It's much more like the stock market with, with just so many different factors all involving it. Um, and I think if you start looking at that, way, you're getting a much more accurate 
understanding. This is why I always point to people to weight mastery because it's a lifelong process of mastering. It's not just your weight. It's mastering your health, your happiness, your psychology, you know, your, your mindset, your lifestyle, your eating. That's why for me, it's the three, the three pillars are mindset, lifestyle, eating. I am optimizing those three things for 30 years now. And I will do it for the rest of my life. I'm always optimizing these blueprints, my own personal ones. Now I love it because I keep feeling better. I'm at my goal weight for 30 years. It has nothing to do with weight loss. It has to do with personal development, self-actualization, self-realization. What am I able to accomplish with this body in this life? You know what I mean? Like that's my motivation. That's a way stronger form of motivation, by the way. Okay. Um, someone says celebrations are all linked to food from a child winning a game to an adult birthday celebration. Yeah, exactly. That's that association of all these arousal emotions are attached to food, you know, and a lot of them are just conditioned in Pavlovian, you know, so that we were talking earlier about indifference. It's a nice thing to practice. It's nice. It's a meditation for me. I, I use it a lot too, because I'll get aroused. And again, some of it's real. It's not just conditioning, but I'll see some food, some cookies or whatever else. And I'll, I want to have them. And I've trained myself, take a step back, relax. Let's make a more logical, informed decision. Does it work all the time? No. Does it work most of the time? Yes. And it helps me master my weight. It's very, very helpful. All right. Um, let's see here. Great book title for yourself. Yeah, pretend yourself then. I like that. That's a good that is a good title. Someone says, so many great thoughts. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad you're enjoying this. Um Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, pretend yourself then. That's a good one. I've been thinking about writing a book, so that, that might be a good uh a good title. I love it. Because people it, it makes me nuts and I don't know why it's this way. I mean, I find as a hypnotist, right, they always say like when the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So everything's hypnosis to me anyways. But I I find it fascinating because here we are all humans and we're so smart in some ways. But one thing that seems blaringly obvious is that people that are very intelligent, smart, successful people uh, that can't change their behavior. I think people's ability to change their behavior is very poor. And I think it's because they have no concept of this conscious subconscious dynamic. Very few people understand that. And so how are they trying to create change? Primarily through their conscious mind, willpower, forcing themselves to act different. That's not how your mind's set up. So if you don't recognize your subconscious mind and the factor and how it affects you and what role it plays, then you just think, oh, I'm just going to change everything tomorrow. Conscious, I'm just going to force myself to do it. And like you never, it's less about, so I was doing, I was doing, we were doing a coaching call this week. In my program, we have coaching calls every Tuesday and Thursdays. And so, um, Someone was saying, they were talking about one of the kind of behaviors they want to change. And what people typically do, they, they recognize a bad behavior and they say, okay, I'm using my, my willpower to stop myself from doing it. You see? But what I want to do instead is I want to recognize what's the, what's the program that's running that bad behavior? Because you can break it down. Again, that's the fascinating, I don't, this stuff's fascinating to me. But it's like, how are you getting yourself to want to eat the ice cream? Right? You, you, how, how, you want to lose weight so bad and you do. And then all of a sudden you want to eat ice cream though. So how is that happening? Right? And so if you start exploring and really questioning what, what am I doing to myself to get myself to crave the ice cream? Cause you just, you're not paying attention to that. And so you're just, your awareness picks up with the craving, but you're not aware of the subconscious process that you're running to create that craving in the first place. It's, and I'll give you a break it down for you. It's basically you make movies in your mind. So how do you crave ice cream? Okay. It's basically you make a movie in your mind. You visually make a pictures and you say things to yourself and then you have a feeling. Okay. And there's also, a, so there's visual eyes, auditory ears, and kinesthetic is your body. And so how do you crave ice cream? 
Well, you imagine eating it the way you normally eat it, right? So if you usually take, scoop it out and put it in a bowl or you eat it right out of the container, okay? You imagine how you do it in your mind. You imagine where you sit, you're watching TV, imagine yourself eating it, and then you say to yourself, oh, that sounds delicious. I really want that. Now, again, you don't realize any of this, but you have to recognize there's a process going on subconsciously that's creating a craving. Do you notice that your cravings seem to run at certain times, right? That maybe at night you can't stop eating ice cream, but do you notice that you don't just randomly eat ice cream throughout the day most likely? Do you know what I mean? Like, So all of your behavior is running in patterns and you probably don't realize that. But it's exciting to realize because then you can, once you start to recognize it, you can start to influence it in a more strategic and intelligent way. And the way you've been going about your weight loss is not intelligent at all. It's not strategic at all. It's just, you're just winging it and you're trying to just force yourself to act different. And the weird thing is you've done it so many times and it hasn't worked and yet you keep trying the same thing, you know? But again, I get on here just to wake your eyes up to that, to help you realize that's what's going on. You're literally in a trance with your weight. You're in a diet trance. You know, you think dieting is the only way and it's got you trapped up and down, okay? So I don't say it's to bum you out. I say it's to, to help you realize it. Someone says, currently watching you while I make a late breakfast from Alaska. All right, that's cool. Yeah, I'm in Massachusetts. Um, so helpful, thank you. You are welcome. Can you give specific examples of a thin you, like the little thoughts? That's a good one. I like the specific because sometimes I don't do that. Okay, now I don't like to do this so, okay. So in my program, right, it's like the, the hypnosis piece of my program, right, is that as soon as you like, I deliver my program through the phone, okay? Um, it's also online too, but but the big part of the phone part is every morning you get a five-minute hypnosis session and it installs, you know, n- new mantras and thoughts into your mind. It's a good way to start the day. And then at night there's a sleep gnosis sessions. Um, each week you get one for eight weeks and there's a key weight loss mantra, Okay. And so I will give you an example. So those mantras, there's mantras in all of them, the core weight loss mantras. Um, One of them is that nothing tastes as good as thin and healthy feels, okay? So that's a specific example of the thin me, right? For example, Um, because what it does is it, so with your food, right, all food is good and bad. And the the main subconscious shift you would want to make that will make you thin is you subconsciously are fixated on the consumption of food. When you think about food, cookies, ice cream, whatever you're struggling with, when you think about that food, you're thinking about the consumption of it. Remember I said you think in movies. The movie you make of that food is you getting it, looking forward to eating it, and then eating it. That's the movie, okay? That's where you stop the movie when you finish eating. But if you extend that movie just a little bit, you get a more accurate representation because what you want to do, the biggest shift you can make in terms of your weight is to reprogram your subconscious mind to focus on the consumption, I mean the the consequence, as opposed to the consumption. So you shift your focus from consumption to consequence, five, 10 minutes out. And that changes everything. So this idea of nothing tastes as good as thin and healthy feels, is not just a mantra, there's a lot more in depth with it. I mean, it's it's a whole thing. Um, but I help install that into their mind with a lot more context and meaning. But the idea is that when you shift your, cause every time you make a food decision, you're running a, a program. Do you know this, right? <laughs> cause I know you don't, but I know you think like, you just don't give this any thought. You know what I mean? Like I know it, I know it cause I've done 5,000 private weight loss sessions and I've just done literally thousands of trainings. And I just, I know this stuff inside and out. And so when you make a food decision, 
you think I could eat the food or I could not eat the food. And when you think about not eating the food, you feel deprived and then you eat the food usually, okay? What people that are in my program do is they think I could eat the food and enjoy how it tastes and then afterwards I will feel down on myself. I'll still feel like an overweight person. I'll feel stuck. I'll feel unhappy that I did it. I'm not, I won't be glad with it. Or I could skip the pleasure of the food, which is kind of temporary, and then I will feel really proud of myself and happy with myself for the next 24 hours, okay? So it's like that process runs instantaneously. You don't realize it, but we all program into people in my program. And so all of a sudden, when you think about food in the decisions, they think differently about it subconsciously, okay? So I hope that makes sense. So that's just one example. Um, but I also like to, literally in my program, right, we, we break down, my program, it's intense. You know, there's a 60-page workbook that you fill out and literally questions like exactly like you just said. What does the thin me say? When I'm at my best, what do I say about ice cream, cookies, whatever food you're struggling with? So it, and I could give you these and that's helpful for sure, but it's way more powerful when you come up with your own things you say to yourself that are based on what you say, okay? But yeah, it's examples of the thin me. Um, you know, other things I've said, speaking of the indifference, I just don't care. I don't want that. I don't want to feel gross. I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel like full. I don't feel potato chips are like a weakness for me. Like, I don't like that feeling of all that grease in my, my body. And I internalize that. I'm going to the consequence and I internalize it. I don't like feeling full. I don't like the feeling of the, the, the salt and the grease on my, my fingers. Um, I don't like the feeling in my stomach knowing I ate a bag of chips. Uh, I don't like waking up tomorrow morning and uh, ate a whole thing of chips last night. I don't like it. Um, and then I don't like the feeling as it, as it builds up. So that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. Again, it, it sometimes with these lives, it's hard for me. I, I want to answer the questions, but you know, again, everyone wants to just like, oh, just give me the answer. Just give me the tactic with the stuff. But really what changes your weight, it's, it's more it's more conceptual. It's more of a paradigm. It's the it's a, a difference in the way you think about things and the way you see things in subtle ways. And I know that's unsatisfying. I know that, but it's just the truth. I can't tell you like a tactic. You're in your own paradigm. Do you understand? Like a paradigm is like a mindset. It's the way you think. It's the way, think of it like glasses and you see the world through those glasses, okay? And so you have a way of thinking about weight loss in your weight that is completely backwards. It's a diet-based mindset that's been installed into your brain through millions of weight loss commercials and experiences and people doing it as well. And so you primarily think about weight loss as a dieter, okay? So when I tell you attack or I say something, you're hearing that through the lens of a dieter. You see what I mean? And so what happens with people that I work with that are successful, it's not a tactic, it's not a thing they stop changing. They don't live in the same mindset with just different tactics and strategies. They live in a completely different mindset. They, they change the way they think about food, their health, their motivation, why they're doing this themselves. So I hope that makes sense. There's a lot more context is more valuable, you know, than the, than the specifics. But I hope that, I know what you're saying too. So I, I hope that helps you. I want to answer that too. Someone says, I drank hot lemon water first thing in the morning before I drank my Unimate. Is that, I don't know. College, love this idea. Yeah, the college metaphor is a great one, right? Because so I'll get, I'll, let me just double down that a little bit more. Most people dabble with their weight loss. Okay. They, they dabble with their weight and metaphorically, you know, like, do you know, Coursera, if you've ever heard of that website where you can take like literal college courses, like Stanford, like, like MIT courses on there. And so it's like, you could, you could literally at this point get a college degree from like Stanford 
um, by going through these courses. But think about the difference, right? So imagine you're saying, oh, you know what? I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to get my bachelor's from Stanford on Coursera for free. I'm going to do it. Okay. And then think of somebody who just like enrolls in college. Which one do you think is going to get that degree? Which one's more likely? Right. So why is that? Right. Because if you just try to do it by yourself, it's like you're going to start doing what's going to happen. It's going to be hard. The second it gets hard, your chances of bouncing and quitting are just astronomical. Right. You haven't invested any money. You have no support. Right. There's no real environment of success around you. You know, and so then you think about the person who went to college and committed it, right? They didn't just like do it one day on a whim. They thought about it. They, they said, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit to this because it's really important. They pay their money. They apply. They do all this hard stuff. Then they go. And then guess what? It's hard, but they expected it to be hard and they expected to stick through it while it's hard. You see the person with the Corsair, it's like the second it gets hard, mm, you know, and that's what's happening with weight loss. Now it's a little different because you know, college, you're going through a systematic plan, moving through it. You got support systems there and all the rest of it. They're moving you through. So I like to say with college, in a way, it's simple, but not easy. I think the same thing with my program. It's simple, but not easy. It's a complex, you know, it's a full, I shouldn't say it's complex, but it's a, it's a full, um, complete approach to weight loss. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, it's the mindset piece is six categories in there. The lifestyle piece is eight categories. You know, then, then there's eating strategies. Now, I don't want it to sound overwhelming, um, because again, for me, everything's about practicality. So even the lifestyle piece, I break it down, but I also show you a two minute technique you can use to do six of the, the habits out of there right away. So everything's about, in my program, it's about consistency over intensity, which is the opposite of how you're approaching weight loss. You approach weight loss. I want to be as intense as possible, the fast results possible. I don't give a shit about consistency. I just want to lose the weight. <laughs> you're in that trance and you're stuck in it. Wake up, <laughs> you know, because it's keeping you trapped. Um, so the idea of college is so important because you've never approached your weight that way. You've never made a big commitment and you haven't had the opportunity to, you know what I mean? Like, like my program, it really is one of the few programs. I mean, it's an, it's, I think it was like a college course compressed into eight weeks, but it's a commitment and, it, and it's like a take you through the whole process, you know? And I know it's going to be hard. I know you're going to get wobbly. I know you're going to need support. That's why it's there, you know, to do this on your own. It's like the chances of success are so low, like so low. You know, because you're so conditional on top of it, right? With your weight loss, it's like in the back of your mind, you basically have made an agreement with yourself and say, as long as I start losing weight quickly, I'll do it. And the second, and of course, weight loss is unpredictable, you know? So it's like, as long as you're losing two pounds a week, you're motivated and you can keep up this crazy plan you're following. But the second you stagnate or put a pound on, God forbid, you quit because you, you can't keep it up. You're just completely discouraged. Right. <laughs> right. You're so conditional. If you don't get, if you don't get the exact results you want, you quit, you bounce, you know, and then you stop for a while and then you start the whole process again. And so you keep, re you keep doing the same thing over and over, you know? So you got to recognize that before you can change it. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Someone said this is so true, right? Yeah. So if you guys have any questions, ask them. I'll, I'll get to the questions. I won't talk so much. I'll just answer them. Um, someone says, I'm off. I enjoyed this. I'll be back later today. And remember too, by the way, if you're watching this right now, you gotta get out of here. I, um, you can go to YouTube, right? So, so I live stream these to YouTube. You can watch them later. You can watch all the other ones I've done. Um, you can listen to my podcast, program yourself then. Uh, and if you're watching this, you can go in my, in the description of my bio, there's a link to three steps to master your weight. It's a free training. I'm just, I give you, I'll break all this down in a more systematic way here. I'm kind of bouncing all over the place. Um, it go, go opt in there. You, you click the link, put your name and email address in there. Watch that training. 
You know, even if you don't watch the training, I send you literally every day, I send you kind of motivational training things about how to master your weight. <laughs> literally, my goal is to help as many people as possible, um, you know, master their weight. So go do that. Go, go again, listen to me, go, go watch that training. I would strongly suggest that. Someone says, how do you feel about working out? Um, I like working out. It's fine. I, I, so me personally, I'll be honest. I was like, I, I'm kind of lazy. I'm working on that myself. Okay. But you do not have to work out to lose weight. Your weight is almost all what you're putting into your mouth on a consistent basis. So if you hate working out, do not let that stop you. Are there benefits to working out? Absolutely. Okay. But um, in terms of weight loss, I really think it comes down to mastering your eating. I really believe that. So, and if you like working out, just keep working out. But if you don't like working out, like a lot of people, that's fine. You do not have to start working out a lick and you can, you can lose as much weight as you want. Someone says, for me, if I eat candy, then I crave more candy. But the longer I go without the candy, I stop craving. Yeah, exactly. It's like they say with cigarettes, you know, a lot of smokers think that not smoking creates the cravings, but it's the cigarette that's created the cravings. You know, I do this to myself with sugar all the time. So this is one of those things. What does a thin person say? I don't eat a lot of sugar anymore. Um, and if I'm going to eat some sugar, especially like crappy quality sugar, you know, like in just regular old candy bar, stuff like that. I know in my mind, I always say to myself, eating this sugar is like having cravings on layaway, you know, because exactly like you said, the more sugar I eat, the more I know I'm going to crave it, you know? So a lot of times thinking of that, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to get on that train. <laughs> I'm good with that. I got enough stuff going on in my life. I don't need to start fighting sugar cravings as well. And, and that's true. The more you get away from something, the, the more, you know, it, it fades. So, so, so that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, someone said, this is so true. Yeah, it is, right? Watching from the Netherlands. All right. That's cool. The Netherlands. I always think like, yeah, it's just Americans, but I forget. There's people all over the world. Oh, Switzerland. Well, that's cool. Andrea. Yep. I see you all the time, Andrea. Um, extend the movie. So true. Yeah. Isn't that a good one? Extending the movie, right? You realize you've been conditioned to just think in a very small movie when it comes to the eating, just the consumption. And that's not, that, that's not a mystery, right? Every commercial, that's what they're trying to do. Yes, I don't want to feel gross. Yeah, it's another way to think about it. Someone says, how much is your program? I don't go into how much it is because you can't understand value until you understand what you're getting. And so first off, you can't even join my program. I, I put up these hoops so that not just anyone can just go get it. Because the one thing about weight loss is it's a very, you've been conditioned to become very emotional, right? So it's like, I always say you have this spontaneous pain-based motivation. You step on the scale, see your picture, see your reflection. You go to the doctor, someone says something to you, you get really upset. And you say, that's it, I got to do something to lose the weight. And then you just, jump into some plan half-heartedly you try doing it and then you quit i i don't that's not going to get your results as i was just talking about college right so it's like i don't want the person who's just spontaneously just says, oh you know i'm gonna do this you gotta you gotta take some action you know so it's like if you even to join my program first you have to watch that 30 minute training i was just talking about you have to there's no other way to get my program okay and if you can do that, right? Because if you couldn't watch a 30-minute training that you wouldn't, my program wouldn't work for you anyways. And I don't, I don't want to waste your time or my time, time um, you know, if you can't do that. So if you can watch the training and it makes sense to you, you know, then I talk about my program and, and I talk about the cost and how to get involved with it. And how long is it off? Um, it's, um, my, my program's eight weeks. Uh, but again, my, my program's forever. So, I mean, it's, it's like there's eight weeks where I take you through it. So you have eight weeks access to me where I literally am working with you personally which is, yeah, has a huge value, you know? Um, so yeah, we have our trainings, we have our, our coaching calls every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and then you go through and you fill out your blueprints and you have those. And I'm, I mean, it's literally like having a roadmap. Like I can't tell you how inadequately prepared you are. And so when you have these blueprints, it's like one day you're not feeling motivated. Well, you go to your motivation blueprint and guess what? You're gonna be re-motivated because <laughs> the things that motivate you at your highest level don't change, you know? Um, 
so once you've done the work and you have that, then it's about just installing it, reinstalling it. So it's lifetime access to the whole program, um, but it takes eight weeks. I say it's a good time to get through it at a, you know, a, a casual pace, you know, so it's 15 minutes a day, hour, two hours a week, you know, for eight weeks, I would say. Um, um, cool. All right. Yeah. So I think we're going to wrap it up here, but thanks. Thanks everyone. I really appreciate it. It's been great. And, uh, yeah, I know it's the beginning of the beginning of the new month coming up. So if you're getting fired up and ready to kind of, you know, lose some weight in February and take control of the year here still, um, I would suggest starting up by going check out that training I got. It, it'll definitely be a paradigm shifter for you and give you a, a you know, probably some motivation to start, uh, making it happen a different way. So thanks very much, everyone. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Bye.